kids, and thanks for listening as we continue our celebration of Dark Horse Comics Month here on Kirby's Kids. And today, we're going to focus in on one of the many licensed properties that Dark Horse has currently, The Witcher. And of course, The Return of The Witcher, Season 3, now on Netflix Part 1, with Part 2 coming at the end of this month. I thought there was no better a time to delve into The Witcher comics than now. The Witcher has been not only a very successful book series that then was converted into a very popular video game series, has then subsequently received comic book adaptations from that and original stories continuing the mythos off of the video games and some related into or utilizing some of the literary characters in that process too. And then, of course, Netflix would purchase the licensing to bring Geralt to the screen and you would have none other than Henry Cavill portraying that character. And I quickly became a fan of the series. I am a big Game of Thrones fan, as well as being a Tolkien, Lord of the Rings fan. I love fantasy. It, if done correctly, is just a, a wonderful genre. And frankly, in the eras that we're in now, finally, where you have CGI and some really incredible effects to be able to properly bring fantasy to life, this series is spectacular in that way. We're now finally able to see something that we could only ever have in our mind's eye as we were reading books of the past. I mean, the prime example of that was when Peter Jackson converted the Lord of the Rings and then did the subsequent Hobbit movies too. And of course, the Harry Potter series on top of that. So then when talking about The Witcher and this huge property, fandom cannot get enough stories. And in order to quench that thirst, you had The Witcher come to Dark Horse to then go through several different mini-series or story arcs. And central to the first three story arcs would be a particular writer by the name of Paul Tobin. Paul would be involved with the comic book adaptation of The Witcher characters And he did a really, really phenomenal job in the three opening installments. The first one would be House of Glass. And that was written by Paul Tobin, art by Joe Quiero and Carlos Badia. It would feature a cover by Mike Mignola. And The Witcher House of Glass came out and had five issues and then would be collected into a single volume. And this is the first series of the Witcher comics. Geralt enters an eerie mansion in the Brooklyn forest, but this is no ordinary mansion. The House of Glass has endless room and is filled with all kinds of terrifying monsters. And this one was generally well-received. Although this one is out of print and can be hard to find, you will find electronic versions out there. In particular, I know I've been over to Amazon and have been able to find that either through Comixology or through Kindle. Then came Fox Children, also written by Paul Tobin, and this finds Geralt on a ship full of criminals and other questionable people, but this will all pale in comparison when he discovers that there is also another passenger that's far more monstrous. This is the only comic to be based on material originating from the novels, being inspired by a chapter from Season of Storms. Then we go to Curse of Crows. This was written by Paul Tobin, art by Piotr Kowalski, 
and Brad Simpson. And The Witcher Curse of Crows is a mini series. It came out in five issues. And this one has the distinction of actually being a story continuation from The Witcher 3 game, The Wild Hunt. And I chose this one because I felt this was a great intersection of where the video game fandom, as well as the fandom of the Netflix series, and those who've been reading the comics can all meet and appreciate the work here of what Paul Tobin has done. I was not disappointed when reading this. I was really taken with how well this married up with the Witcher video game, The Wild Hunt, the end of it. So I know that game has been out for so long, but spoiler alert right here. If you haven't played all the way through, you may want to wait because this literally picks up off of the end of that video game. So there's some reveals and things of that nature that if you started to read the first book, you would get spoiled. But if you've made it all the way through and haven't picked up this comic before, and if you are also a fan of the Netflix series, come on over. This is a lot of fun. This story works across multiple formats. This graphic novel, this collection, finds Geralt of Rivia working alongside Ciri to stop a monster from terrorizing the city of Novigrad. And Geralt here is doing his normal Witcher thing. He is a monster hunter. The fusing here of the characters from the book series from Andres Sapkowski and adapted then, of course, into the video game trilogy by the CD Projekt Red. Curse of Crows here and the pickup of the storyline brings us to Geralt and Ciri rescuing a woman, and she calls herself Jane from a troll, and the troll's name is Rockstride. And rather than fight this troll, Geralt gives the troll some vodka, and in exchange, coerces the troll to let this woman go. So Geralt gets this woman back. They save her. They head to a campfire that evening to just kind of rest. And then she proceeds to become a part of their party. And they say they'll escort her to Novigrad, where they're heading. And they need to fulfill a contract. And the contract is on is Striga. And this Striga is a cursed girl who has basically turned herself into a beast. And Geralt had previously fought a Striga. And he goes through a flashback and retelling the story of how he broke the curse of the daughter of King Faltist. Now, on the way back to Novigrad, as they're heading there, Geralt is asked to look out for a murderer. And this murderer's name is Forced Bolin. And Bolin is a doppelganger. He will turn himself in and out into different shapes. So very quickly, Geralt deduces that perhaps this Bolin is Jane in disguise. And sure enough, Geralt's hunch is correct. He ultimately ends up handing him over to the village, and he and Ciri carry on to Novigrad. Now, after reaching the city, Ciri and Geralt speak to a woman who has issued a contract, and they stay in her bathhouse, and they agree to keep an eye out for her son named Illid. Now, Illid is able to turn into a crow, 
and comes across mysterious, looks rather simple-minded when he is in his human shape. Geralt is bathing at the bathhouse, and he's paid a visit by Yennefer. Of course, we all love Yennefer from the Netflix series. And Yennefer gives him a contract for him and series to do, which involves them collecting rare ingredients, essentially, for a spell. Now, they decide to take this on instead of the one of the Striga, going after the Striga. Now, Geralt, however, learns that Yennefer already was in possession of the ingredients. But the reason that she asked them to find these ingredients is that she didn't want Siri fighting the Striga. Siri, however, overhears this, and she decides to go after the Striga alone, being the typical headstrong Siri that she is. Meanwhile, Ilid visits the cemetery, and he goes there to talk to his sister, Elisa, who happens to be a monster <laughs> that has been terrorizing Novigrad. Ilid is unable to persuade her from attacking Siri, and Siri nearly loses her life. Geralt, however, goes after the monster, and it's revealed that Elisa and Illid are the children of a man named Ostrid, who was responsible for cursing the Striga, the original Striga, that Geralt fought. Geralt and Ciri manage to kill the monster, and their bond is strengthened through that. This is a really fun, fun story. I love the fact that Paul Tobin has done a wonderful job of just capturing the voices and the patterns of speech of all of these characters. So that, that is one thing that, according to Henry Cavill, he tried very hard to bring that original content from the book series to the Netflix series, and also being hyper-aware of the video game series that is also beloved. From that standpoint, this is great. This is a fantastic, fantastic story. And one where this dynamic here of Siri, Yennefer, and Geralt shows this dysfunctional at times, but loving family, because that's practically what they all are because of Siri being this daughter figure of course, you have Geralt and have Yennefer there being an item. And just that tension, that natural tension that you would get between parents and their child. And that transfers beautifully here over to this story. I think that the art services the story well. It's a decent effort. I don't know if it meets the standards that were established in previous series, the previous two. The... Previous two I have not read, but I have read many of the review, particularly from folks who are real big fans of the video game as well as the book series, saying that this art does a nice job, does a fine job in the visual storytelling, but that the real strength in this is actually in the writing. And this shows Tobin's real gift here, being able to translate video game characters into very compelling comic book characters. He's done this with adaptations of Plant vs. Zombies, Angry Birds, even comics for Adventure Time and Prometheus. So 
he's got a knack for doing this well. And of course, he also has the source materials of the novels to fall back on too. This is a very quick read, and I would highly recommend it to everyone and anyone who is a Witcher fan. I think you will find this very entertaining. And it can be a little bit of a celebratory piece here as we are celebrating Henry Cavill's third, and for him, final season of The Witcher here on Netflix. Now, for those of you who are looking for other properties that Dark Horse represents, I just want to do a little bit of a roll call here. And this is a top of the waves of beloved characters and entire universes that are currently serviced by Dark Horse. Of course, we know Mike Mignola has had a long time history with Dark Horse and his Hellboy universe. And then everything else that came within the Hellboy line is also represented here too. So Abe Sapien, BPRD, Legend of Zelda is also represented here by Dark Horse, as well as Game of Thrones. You also have 47 Ronin on here. Tomb Raider, Halo, Prometheus, Star Wars at one point. Now, Star Wars, I believe, Lucas through Disney, has been judicious with regard to where they're parsing out the comics, what Marvel will take on, and what special projects uh, still will Dark Horse be involved with. Then there's Dragon Age, the video game. You also have represented here by Dark Horse Fallout along those lines, as far as well as Final Fantasy. Zombie World is over here. In addition to that, you have Usagi Yojimbo that we covered earlier. The Mask is here. There are so many different properties and universes. It's really overwhelming. Everything from Astro Boy to Lone Wolf and Cub. Berserk is over here. Helsing, Betty Page. You also have Tim Burton's universes. So anything that Tim Burton has done that is owned by him and put to comics. Of course, 300 and City. So this is a treasure trove over here at Dark Horse of some amazing properties that have not only maybe in some instances gotten their start in comic books, but then have translated over into the big screen or the smaller screen for that matter, have come over from video games or maybe perhaps originally started over on the small screen in a series run, whether it be on a streaming service or a cable channel. So that's been part of Dark Horse's lineage and story, servicing not only those independent creatives who are looking for a fair deal as far as publishing of their titles is concerned, but want to maintain the ownership of their intellectual property. And just through those licensing deals, work with a well-established brand. I'm sure they have similar, not the same, but similar deals and contracts that an image comics has. And they all have their pluses and minuses. But truly dark horse here and why we're celebrating them here in July is the fact that they have really over time become a major force for independent creatives to have their works published as well as already established properties to find great support in the licensing of their material and to develop new material in support of those franchises. I've searched so long and it was all worth it. No matter where you go, 
abandon each other. Destiny brought us together. Never lost. Always found. Turning They're all searching for you, Siri. I cannot walk without This was inevitable. We fight. War brewing outside is nothing compared to what Geralt will unleash to protect his daughter.